Pablo, do you feel a void on your Sunday nights now without White Lotus around? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, is it okay to spoil? No, actually, one of the one of our I just realized one of our producers, uh, Megan, is literally on episode two, so I can't spoil <laughs> it. Um, I do feel a void. Um, I also feel a void that I want to address with you, Bill, right now. Oh no! Oh because no! Because if Foxworth is out there with his family, being a good dad having fun during the holidays instead of here with us, his other family, mm. undebatable. Um, just know that we're about to have so much fun without you. So it, much fun. It never even occurred to me that Dominique did stuff outside of television or had a family. So this is really <laughs> a, a shocking piece of news to me that Dominique would actually do stuff that's not debatable or one of the 18 television shows he's on or the Dominique Foxworth Show podcast. I know someone made a terrible mistake in uh, marrying and procreating <laughs> with Dominique Foxworth. Ashley, I love you. You can do better. I mean, frankly, you should have realized that by now. But if you're tuning into Debatable without your husband on it, number one, you've made some curious <laughs> choices in your life. Great choice. Number two, we're going to be honest with you. Lots of options out there. You have the cholesterol to be out there, Ashley. Dominique does not. <laughs> Alabaster, please enter this conversation. I assume you have complicated feelings as somebody who, you know, it may or may not be on other podcasts with this mm -hmm. traitor in question. That's right. I'm going to give him a lot of tomorrow about all of this. Thank you. Uh, of course, thank he's you. not going to bail on you yet. That's anyway. Right. right. His name's on uh, the show. Let's talk about one of the great sporting events I think I've ever seen. And my question for you all, what was your biggest takeaway from the World Cup final? Oh, yeah, my takeaway was, oh, I get what all of these snobs were talking about now. <laughs> like, Bill, this was this game was the drug. This was the gateway drug. If you wanted to ever be soccer curious, and this is mm -hmm. the first real thing you're like, let me see what all these people are talking about. Congratulations, you are now addicted <laughs> to soccer. Yes, I mean, for all the conversations we have after every meaningful U.S. World Cup match about, oh, this was the moment that the U.S. was going to become a soccer country and the U.S. men's national team scored like one fluky goal off the side of their foot by accident and lost and That's they right. missed their chance. Like, leave that to the side. This was the moment, this World Cup final, this matchup of two megastars in Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe, where you didn't just get everything you could have hoped for. You got so much more than that. Yes. Yes. You got the, I mean, Bill, you got the comic book version. Of, again, truly, like, I, I, this was this was the blockbuster movie version accessible to the broadest audience of, like, what <laughs> soccer could be. It's like, here are these, in this. Yes, this was, this was the moon crashing into the surface of Earth, except the moon scored three goals and was this 23-year-old kid from France named Kylian Mbappe. And mm -hmm. that kid, to have him wake up, I mean, we could start this conversation at any number of moments, which were just mm -hmm. delirious and <laughs> thrilling. But the fact that he scores two goals in two minutes, in minutes 80 and 81 or thereabouts, yep. right? And it's sort of like, yes. oh, we can, we, can, we can actually reduce this in mm -hmm. some justifiable way to the two, like, all-timers in this sport just, just going King Kong versus Godzilla. Yes, after 79 or so minutes where France looked asleep, like maybe they had forgotten the World Cup was going on, there had been rumors of a virus going through the entire French team in a reality. There had been, like, not I only saw those rumors, theories in the first half. Players, players missing games, players bedridden in the semifinal uh, when it came to the virus running through the French team. And it felt like they had absolutely nothing to offer. And then out of nowhere, Kylian Mbappe, who looks like he could run for 18 World Cup final matches in a row in a game where everyone else looked absolutely exhausted by the Terrifying end, puts the, team, puts the team on his back and scores two goals in two minutes. One of which, I'm not going to lie, kind of a questionable penalty call. Not exactly the, the greatest or the most clear-cut yep. penalty I've ever seen. Second one, just an incredible one to, like, like such... FIFA nonsense that you'd be so frustrated if you were playing someone and they pulled this off in FIFA, let alone in real life. Yep. And then you have just for the next 30 minutes, just dopamine hit after dopamine hit. There, there are so many finals, Pablo, uh, whether it's Champions League final, whether it's the World Cup final, 
for every really good final, you get about three or four that are terrible. You get teams who are basically too nervous to screw up. And so they're playing very conservative. They punt it back and forth. They're trying to get somebody sent off or get an advantage one way or another, or they're just straight up playing for penalty kicks because they're an underdog. And right. so you have these finals that are nil-nil or one-nil for 85 or 90 minutes. And they're just not very fun. This was the exact opposite of that. This was just haymaker after haymaker, even at 2-2, when both these teams should have been conservative, when they should have realized, oh no, we're getting breached over and over again. They were still leaving opportunities for guys to run through free for one-on-one opportunities with the keeper or or shots from long distance that were narrowly saved. This was just oh my, I, an uh, incredible run of the, well, the so, final half hour of this match. Yeah, so I would say like maybe 55 minutes was yes. me just like standing up. I, I have no dog <laughs> in this fight outside of content. And so I guess actually I have the biggest dog in this fight. Yes, um, the ultimate but, dog. But it was, it, was, it, was all, it was all paid off. Like Lionel Messi, right? Like just to give mm-hmm. the, the the thumbnail sketch back of the baseball mm-hmm. card thing. Like a guy who was an outsider to Argentina was yes. a guy who left the country at age 12, needed HGH to grow because yes. he was too small and too poor to afford in Argentina, goes to Barcelona, blah, 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 ends up being haunted by the ghost of Diego Maradona, who's his coach. Yes. And all, I mean, it, this, it, it's, it's a novel. It, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a multi-part cinematic universe, just the Argentina story. And Leo Messi... I mean, he scores the first goal. He assists, I believe. The point is he is central to everything that happens. Mm-hmm. And even in at the end of the game, Bill, I, I'm just like picking the thing that stood out to me. It's like he takes this shot from like dead center about 23 yep. yards out. Mm-hmm. And the, the Hugo Loris <laughs> sticks Hugo a Reese, paw. Yeah. Loris, sorry to butcher the French, sticks his <laughs> paw in the air. And save, it's just like there were so many moments in which it almost was even more insane. And it's that mm-hmm. tantalizing aspect of like the roller coaster, the EKG chart, where it was like this was the criticism of soccer, just to recap here, is that it's boring. Oh. This was not that. It wasn't. And I think there has been this whole sort of conversation around soccer during this World Cup, some of which has been fueled by the coverage, some of which has been fueled by the David Beckham advertising campaign, where they're literally debating whether it should be called soccer or football in 2022, as if anybody besides the most, with Peyton Manning, where like only the most low rent, like bad faith actors would possibly care about this. Like the, the Gains MLS has made in the U.S. have not been because they established their own culture and their own league. They took the stuff that works in other places and brought it back to the U.S. and created the culture that was similar, that was equal to, that was uh, parallel with what is happening in Europe. And I think, like, that's the takeaway from this game for me with Messi and with Mbappe is that, you know, like, like those are the guys who are going to be the stars. Like, at the end of the day... People know enough to know, hey, Lionel Messi is this really famous person and I can get behind his story even if he is not American, even if he is not uh, that kind of person, even if yes, he's not yes. stupid enough to be stuck on the U.S. French national team. And I, I think when you look at the final 35, 40 minutes of this game, the goals weren't really the highlights. Like weirdly, no, the saves, this, the opportunities were the well, highlights. Also, but, also this. We have this. Can you guys see this? The VAR butt. Hold on. Let me just focus in right there. So that. For for the podcast audience, Papo is taking his iPhone and putting it up in, I will not lie, a somewhat blurry fashion to the screen covering his face. It's showing the automated offside system. There it is. This is for the, I believe, the second French goal where an Argentinian player is being played onside by what I can only describe as the badonkadonk of a French defender, just a absolute unit playing the Argentinian <laughs> player onside. I, you know, I, mean, I admire his butt. I feel like I would be self-conscious if I had that technology framing me for an onside opportunity. Pablo, like, how how do you think this is 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 privacy? There's privacy issues here for players with this technology. This is this is the biometric revolution. We have learned <laughs> officially that France is too cheeked up to win a World Cup. Like this was the problem. 
It was it's 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 incredible. But these are the margins, Bill. It yes. was literally the 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 subcutaneous layer of fat on that French dude's butt that allowed that allowed this goal, this play to live on. And mm -hmm. so when I think about all of the ways in which this game blew me away, it was mm -hmm. it was it was the physiological, it was the psychological, it was penalties, it was I mean, it it just to to bring it full circle, right? Yes. This was as good a game as I think I will ever see in my entire life, and I don't even care all that much about soccer. It's hard to imagine what could possibly happen to make it better, right? Like, like what's going to happen? You have Lionel Messi in his probably most likely final match in a World Cup that he has not won before, that he's spent in the shadow the last two decades of Diego Maradona on the international stage where he's accomplished literally every other possible thing you could accomplish in a career short of winning the World Cup. They lose their first match to Saudi Arabia. It looks like there's just another horribly disappointing year for Argentina. And then they get hot. They win a penalty shootout. They taunt the entirety of the nation of the Netherlands, which, hey, by the way, you did, they beat the US. We appreciate that, of course. Um, do. And they get this far and and the story comes full circle. No, Messi did not, not convert that shot from outside the box in the final minutes, which would have been maybe the most incredible ending I can think of. But like you said, it almost made it better that we could yep. see the universe about to close in. It reminds me a lot of actually of the um, well, LeBron dunk when they were playing the Warriors oh, in the yeah. finals that year. And LeBron almost went coast to coast. It. And stuck it on Draymond, which would have been like, like, like that would have been not to use Thanos. That's exactly the parallel, though. Did yep. did tweet out the image of Lionel Messi Thanos for. I wish I was consulted on that one. <laughs> I, I, I assumed you had been consulted on that one, Pablo. Is that not the case? <laughs> I mean, granted, it is a Mad Lib that seems sprung from my brain, the disordered uh, junk drawer of metaphors and references. <laughs> but what we got, Bill, I think, was just something that. Um, I, it's also the thing of like, oh, this is why no one can compete with soccer, with peak soccer. Because mm -hmm. it's also like you could feel billions of people caring about something. You could feel nations caring about something. You mm -hmm. could feel Elon Musk creeping around with Jared Kushner in a skybox. Well, it's not, Pablo. It, please do not say where Elon Musk was. Be I'm sorry careful. for doxing you, Elon. I'm sorry for doxing you and providing your real-time coordinates. <laughs> I wish I wish we had the real time coordinates of that butt at all times. Like imagine if you could just walk <laughs> into a club and just like show the, this person the photo of their butt. I'm sorry, I forget which French player it was, but just like like showing the images of this person at all times. Like that it's just that's immortalized. His butt yes. should be bronze at the end of the it, day. It should be like the Ronaldo statue, but uh but just for a butt. butt. Just but for, for a, a butt. butt. And in Argentina. He should be able to go to Argentina and just shine up his butt, seeing Lionel Messi uh, convert another opportunity behind him. I mean, like, Mbappe lost, and this was the most incredible showing possible. Like, no one thinks less of the French team for playing without multiple starters due to injury. we got to Americanize it. That's, that's the thing. That's where the American talk show system yes. is going to fail us, yes. right? It's sort of like... Can we say Alabaster? Who choked? Who choked in this game? <laughs> who, are we, who, 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 who does not have the dog in them? I would say no one choked, but I do, before we move on and pivot, just mm -hmm. like Fox did from this amazing World Cup game to a, to just a slog of 1 p.m. football, <laughs> I do want to mention my favorite star of this game, the trolley goalie, Emmy oh, Martinez yes. for Argentina. Yes. What an incredible showing for that guy. He shoulder shimmied. <laughs> just he, he took Steph Curry's shoulder shimmy. It's his now. He was dancing, he was taunting, he was taking the golden, golden glove. glove and putting it right in front of his groin yep. because that's a thing that he does. I don't know if we can show the montage. There's Someone put on Twitter a montage mm -hmm. of times that this guy has done that with trophies. Mm -hmm. Just sort of like, I don't know what it takes to be a goalie, but that guy seems like a reasonable answer. It takes that guy specifically to win a penalty shootout. And, and as our Spencer Hall pointed out, nobody can tell Emmy Martinez anything from this point forward. Like, God, that is no. beyond reproach. He can take anything now and just put it in front of his crack and say, hey, this is the thing I do now. That's just his <laughs> thing from this point forward. Very upsetting, if I'm not going to lie. But he's also won a World Cup, and I haven't. So what can I say? Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of enormous amounts of butt, um, <laughs> should we get to Jaguars-Cowboys? Let's do it. 
Okay, so my question for you guys. After yep. beating the Cowboys, do you now favor the Jaguars to win the AFC South over the Titans? Hmm. What a sentence. So, yes, hmm. to catch you up, the Jaguars did defeat the Cowboys. Um, pretty pretty convincingly to the point where like the Jaguars are kind of the team bill. Um, well, they did in overtime 40 to 34, but mm-hmm. the point is that the Jaguars are now this team that legitimately um, I'm impressed by. And yeah. how impressed are you at this point? Yeah, it does seem strange, right? That we are talking about the AFC South and about the Jaguars and Titans and that week 18 game between those two is something I'm kind of really looking forward to. Like, I did not see that happening before the season. I didn't see it happening in midseason. And yet, here we are. I mean, we've talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence already on this show and about his breakout after coming back from London and studying abroad. He's been much more mature. This was kind of a game where we saw the good and the bad of Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, he had two bad turnovers in this game, uh, a fumble that was just classic Jaguars where you're just sitting there and thinking, oh my God, Trevor, how did you yeah, do why that? Why are like, you trying this, to do this? Why are you, make, why are you forcing run? the issue on this run? Yes, yes. Yes. Don't, you can't, you can't flip fate with one scramble, Trevor. Just let it happen with your arm. And then they manage to get the ball back and Trevor makes magic happen again. And I think what I haven't said before, and I think was really in focus over the last couple of weeks is that Trevor Lawrence is not doing this with superstar receivers. He does not have a CD lamp in the lineup. He doesn't even have a Dalton Schultz in the lineup. The guy who had three touchdowns in this game, Pablo, was Zay Jones. Zay Jones. Currently available in your fantasy league, quite possibly, Zay Jones. Zay Jones, probably you're upset you didn't pick him up and put him on your lineup this week. I just put a claim in. Yeah, I literally just did. That's smart. Zay Jones, who had three touchdowns in this game and four over the prior four seasons combined? (laughs) A, A guy who was like, like an ancillary character in the early days of the Josh Allen Bills were oh, once right. we once we get someone to replace Zay Jones, we'll be in better shape. That's what's the role Zay Jones played for years. He had a decent half season with the Raiders, and now he's suddenly a number one receiver for Trevor Lawrence. Last week, it was Evan Ingram having a huge day, who was a national laughing stock with the Giants for years. Evan Ingram had a huge game last week. I think it's even more impressive that Trevor Lawrence was doing this with second and third receivers on most teams against, by the way, a Cowboys defense that we're all terrified of. We think anyone can stop who did get pressure on Trevor Lawrence in this game, but Trevor Lawrence threw for four touchdowns and overcame that in a game where both of his starting offensive tackles went down injured. I think it just speaks to how dramatically Trevor Lawrence has grown that he can even overcome a mistake or two and not play a perfect game and still beat the Cowboys. I mean, Bill, this was a team a season ago that was literally performing a clown out. They were dressing up their fans as clowns to oust Trent Balky, the head of football operations who was not ousted. Spoiler alert. The clown out did not work, right? Oh, but actually, Pablo, it just occurred to me, you know who could have really benefited from that butt technology is Urban Meyer, because he could have proven, <laughs> hey, I wasn't actually touching that butt. Uh, we have the, the scan here. That would have been really helpful for Urban but Meyer. But technology Not installed at Urban Meyer Bar and Grill. Big mistake when no, they were planning the Urban had, Meyer Bar and Grill. He had just enough technology to get in trouble, but not enough to exonerate him, which was exactly the problem with this team as recently as last season, right? And so, yes, yes, the guy who was kicking his kicker and doing all of that, he goes away and it turns out, I mean, I guess the revelation of this season, Bill, Mm -hmm. right? To not make it about the Cowboys, because you're right, we have a body of work here now where the Jaguars like are, I mean, look, the Titans, right? They have a negative point differential still mm-hmm. 255 That's... points for 293 points against the Jaguars yeah. at the very least are six up 334 mm-hmm. to 328 and so mm-hmm. in terms of what the revelation is here with the Jaguars I mean how much of this is a thing where it's like I saw this coming because I'm Bill and I actually had this early and how much of this is like actually I'm being surprised even by what I'm watching here now <laughs> I believe the Jaguars were on the list of teams most likely to improve heading into the 2022 season, which is written by me. And you could read that on ESPN.com before every season. Yep. Show that screenshot. Yep. I did not necessarily think that this was going to happen, especially given how many games they were blowing 
early in the year, but it takes two to tango, right? I mean, the Jaguars could be making this run, and it could be all for naught if Tennessee wasn't also simultaneously crashing down and losing four straight games. And I think I'm sort of more surprised by Tennessee, which was also, by the way, a team that I put on the five most likely teams to decline before the season on ESPN.com and look to not be declining at all through the first half of the year. (laughs) It kind of feels like all the stuff that I expected to happen in Tennessee last year or in the first half of this season, and they've kind of denied and just ignored and continued to break the mold. They're actually susceptible to it now over these past four games. Granted, some of that has been injuries and disappointing play, but they've now lost four straight. They're going to decline from their record a year ago. And this is actually a wide open race, which I don't think anyone saw, including me, a month ago. No, and now we have those those uh, odds of the probability of winning the division mm-hmm. now chart, where it's like the two mirror images of those <laughs> like stock charts about to kiss. They're so yes. Throw that image up. They're so close to kissing. These two graphs. <laughs> It's incredible. It it is the uh, it is the France Argentina win expectancy chart as well. Just a series of kisses. One kiss that felt like oh might be nice, and then just a frantic makeout session during the yeah, final thirty sloppy, minutes. Of sloppy, time. truly French kiss. Saliva um, just going everywhere. But speaking of sticking our tongue down the throat of a team. What do we do with the Cowboys here, Bill, as much as we love to always make this about the Mm -hmm. Cowboys? Like, what do you actually take away from this as that team specifically is concerned? Not much. I mean, I felt like they were solid. They got a little lucky with some turnovers here and there. But, of course, that did even out at the end when a a Dak Prescott pass was dropped, I believe, by Noah Brown and uh, recovered or or picked up on the fly for a pick six to win the game in overtime. Cowboys had their chances to seal this up and did not. They let the Jaguars back into the game, and then the Jaguars did enough to win the game with that play in overtime. I, I think that the Cowboys are a team that is capable of accomplishing just about anything from week to week. They can beat anybody and they can lose to anybody. And I think as I have thought about the Cowboys all year, like they are a very scary team and the proposition of them winning four straight games in a row with Mike McCarthy as their head coach. And to be fair, Dak Prescott as their quarterback, given that yep. Dak has had struggles here and there. Shout out to games. Dominique Foxworth. Yep. Like, like I think that's a very unlikely proposition to have them do it four times in a row. But Pablo, let me ask you a question because you Please. know, you know, I am a nerd. You know, I'm always thinking about the numbers. I want to leave the numbers aside. Mm-hmm. Not knowing what happened at the end of that Tennessee game with the Los Angeles Chargers, they score a touchdown with I think 50 seconds to go. They are down 14 to 13. Mike Vrabel chooses to kick an extra point. How does this <laughs> reconcile with you? Do you think that they made the right choice? Uh, I I I just feel like you know I think you know where I'm going to go with this, Bill. I do. I just feel like you can't be the guy who cuts his own. That's exactly, I had over under five and a half for when you were going to say the word in that sentence. And I, I think I it, hit it right on the head. It, it, you just can't. It, fraud. We're, we're here to <laughs> declare people frauds. Mike Vrabel, for that reason alone, you are a fraud. I thought I knew fraud, you. Mike Vrabel. I thought I knew you, but no. Your remains completely connected to your body. It's very obvious now. Unlike unlike me at the end of the uh, France Argentina match, <laughs> sadly, I like like just throw the numbers out the window. Like you have Derrick Henry and the Chargers are taking timeouts on that final drive. You know they were going to try and win the game. They were taking timeouts to get the ball back with time because they were terrified you were going to go for two. Like. It doesn't have to be about the numbers. It doesn't have to be some some incredibly complicated algorithm. Like, your entire identity is that you are a big, strong kicker with a big, strong kicker at running back facing the team that, for a year and a half now, has been terrified to kick anybody's that wants to avoid a <laughs> kicking contest as much as possible. I can't believe they kicked the extra point. Got intimidated. Got intimidated by the alpha nerd is what happens. They played the Chargers, <laughs> and they're like, oh, no. Can't, they brought, can't, win, the, can't win this game. The Chargers brought them down to their <laughs> level, which is whole <laughs> hmm. Mike Frable knows it's a game of inches. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's well move on to well a question I've been thinking about a lot. Do we still have to pretend the Vikings are good <laughs> because they came back from 33-0 against the Colts? Wait, wait, let me do my Dominique impression now that he's not here. 
No. Yeah. That's it. That's the, yeah. that's the whole impression. Then we yeah, move on to I, the next question. I, I also vote no. Uh, Dominique um, would be angrier than you just <laughs> did that, Bill. He would actually be grievously insulted um, that Alabaster dared to bring him this question. But I agree. Like, no. No, we're pretty sure. I'm, pretty I'm sure they're frauds. No. Yeah, pretty sure they're frauds still. Yeah. I mean, should Jeff Saturday be fired? Probably. Definitely. Let's upgrade that to definitely, actually, at this point. Um, now, we can slander Jeff Saturday another time. Oh, that's right. Then <laughs> <laughs> insult the Saturdays in general. Oh, it's horrible. I, I don't mind what Jeff Saturday did in this game. I mean... You don't mind that? Okay, wait, what does that mean? What, what didn't you what, mind? What was the issue? That they went forward and fourth and one? Um, the issue that I guess generally they scored three points in a second half um, oh, well, sure. and squandered an entire lead, the largest sure. lead in NFL history to give up the worst loss in NFL history as a result. Oh, sure. I mean, that's fair, but <laughs> I, I don't know how much difference Jeff Saturday had in that. Like, I think. Well, okay. I, oh, all right. All right. Hold on. The spirit of Dominique Foxworth is clearly taking hold of Bill Barnwell. That's true. It has this entire segment. Explain. Cause I, 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 I don't know this part of the, okay. Argument. So Jeff Saturday and I are personal friends, and so mm -hmm. he can do no wrong because I went to dinner with him, and if I know he's a good guy independent of all the other information I have, that must mean that I have to honor and respect Jeff Saturday and all of his choices. I Like, the biggest decision Jeff Saturday had to make in this game was whether to go for it on fourth and one with about two and a half minutes left, where if they get a first down, the game is over. You ha don't have to play any more defense. Your defense has been on the field for pretty much the entire second half. Doesn't have to come back on the field and stop Justin Jefferson one more time. All you have to do is get a yard. And I know Matt Ryan does not look like the most mobile quarterback in the whole world. He's been good on sneaks throughout his career. They wanted, People wanted them to take a 54-yard field goal with Chase McLaughlin, which, no, uh, Jeff Saturday was right to make that decision. I think at the end of the day, like, the Colts are just a bad team. The Vikings are not a great team, but they're an average team. And an average team had a terrible first half and a great second half, and on the whole, was just about average against a team that is really bad. Yeah, the Vikings 11-3, which is good. Uh, their last 10 wins have been by one position or less, mm. which, again, I've tried to argue that we can spin this as, <laughs> like, uh, you know, you don't respect our toughness. And all of that, like we actually, uh, you know, play football um, in real life and not on paper, Phil. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I don't even convince myself. I can't even convince myself with my corrupt spin. So, okay. no, so again, me, is the answer. Let me ask you, Pablo, what would it take for the Vikings to actually convince you that they are a real football team? With, okay. That deserves okay. a real respect. I'm, I'm going to say it, Bill. I'm going to say what everyone is too afraid to say it. They need to win a game by more than one score. <laughs> That's a lot to ask of the Minnesota Vikings. Apparently. They really have kind of established a formula that works for them <laughs> at this point. This is I our thing. What do you mean? This is our thing. How dare you? If How you're dare the Vikings you? and you're up by two touchdowns and there's like 12 seconds to go, do you run backwards into your own end zone and give the opposing team a touchdown just so it qualifies as another one-score victory just to avoid upsetting your formula? I think you kind of have to. I agree. I agree. Alabaster, you don't actually think the Vikings are a... Honestly, yeah, right. they, could, they could be holding the Lombardi Trophy and I will be 100% sure <laughs> they are complete, completely fraudulent. Nothing will change my mind at this point. I'm glad we're all dug in on this. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. Justin Jefferson. You're very good. Um, but let's move on to a team that you are. I thought this was an awesome game. Did the Bills regain your trust with their comeback against the Dolphins on Saturday night? This was fun in ways that made me the cliche that I normally like to mock. I was like, look at this snow. It's so cool. The footprints. Bill, you had to admit, like watching your little dots come to life mm -hmm. as footprints mm -hmm. on a freshly powdered field in Buffalo, New York was kind of dreamlike. I like I like that Pablo that you are just other people's joy is a cause for you to mock. You just <laughs> just, just happiness and other people. You just think these fucking marks, these nerds. That's what? right. <laughs> How could they possibly simpletons. enjoy the snow? 
these simpletons in Buffalo pelting the field with snowballs and ice for the entirety singing, of the first singing, quarter. Singing Let It Snow at risk of penalty flag um, <laughs> was, uh, yeah, was incredible, admittedly. What, what we do for love, Pablo, what we do for love and for snow, is nothing wrong with that. I, I will say, maybe surprisingly, my answer is no. I don't think mm. I feel any better about the Bills than I did before this game. And that's because my concern with the Bills is not the offense. The offense was good in this game. The Campbell big players, I'm sure we'll talk about the offense, but my concern with the Bills is the health and the efficacy of their defense. And after seeing Tua Tango-Vailoa basically run into the ground by the 49ers and the Chargers over the prior two weeks, my expectations for the offense were not high. There was not snow in the first few quarters of this game, but it yep. was not great conditions for the Dolphins throughout this contest, and they looked fine. Tua averaged almost eight yards per attempt. Not a great completion percentage, but he was still fine. Hit Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle for touchdown passes, and the, the Dolphins could do whatever they wanted on the ground in this game. Raheem Mostert averaged eight yards per carry on 17 rush attempts for the Dolphins. And that is my concern with this team, Pablo, is that I don't trust that they can stop great offenses on the other side of the field. They couldn't stop the Vikings, who are not a great offense, in the third and fourth quarter of that game. And that was, I believe, with Von Miller. Now, yep. without Von Miller, they struggled to stop the Dolphins. It took Josh Allen breaking the uh, weekly broken uh, breaking, breaking case of emergency glass and having Josh Allen run the football yes. over and over again to get the offense back in a point where they could win this game. I think the Bills defense showed me nothing to make me doubt my concerns about them heading into this game. So admittedly, I was I was all in on, you know, the Josh Allen unleashed experience, right? Oh, sure. 44-yard run in the fourth quarter, the supermanning, breaking the plane um, yep. kind of deal was um, incredible in unironic sure. ways. But the whole thing about, like, defenses had figured out something about the Dolphins. I mean, we talked about this on ESPN Daily, Bill. Mm -hmm. The idea mm -hmm. of, like, they're playing press man coverage, right? They're they're mm -hmm. discombobulating the timing mm -hmm. and, the, and, and the habits of yeah. Mike McDaniel. That's what the Chargers and the Niners did. What did the Bills try to do here that didn't pay off clearly nearly as well? Not really that. And when they tried to do it, they weren't as good at doing it as those other teams were. I think... It happens on multiple levels. Number one, they did not have anywhere near as effective of a pass rush as the Niners or the Chargers did. Niners, I mean, not going to lie, it's not really a fair comparison. The Niners are already kind of a different sphere with everyone else besides yep. the Cowboys. They're incredible. So maybe they don't get a Niners on the pass rush, but the Texans beat the hell out of Tua Tagovailoa a couple of weeks ago. And I know the Texans are strangely good now or strangely more competitive Apparently. than I think we were expecting. I, I, I like how we respect the Texans more than the Vikings now. That was continue. literally what I was going to say. Like, I think <laughs> I would pick the Texans to beat the Vikings on a neutral field right now just because they kind of played two good teams close instead of flukily totally. beating them. I absolutely respect the Texans. But with, with the Bills, like, they did not create the pass rush in this game anywhere near as often. And so Tua had more time to go to his second option, to wait for guys to get open, for to go through his progressions that maybe he didn't have in those first two games. And when they did press the Bills, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. I think the Tyreek Hill touchdown was on a play where the Bills were trying to press and, and were not able to successfully get a press off. And so Tyreek mm. Hill kind of ran downfield for an easy touchdown. And I think that's the concern is that, you know, Tredavious White, who had to play a big role in this game and is still not 100%, he has to be a number one cornerback. The Bills have no other choice but for Tredavious White to play like a superstar over the final month of the season and into the playoffs because they're already banged up at cornerback. Guys like Gregory Rousseau, Mijay um, Ipanessa, guys who should be rotation pieces have to be starters and good starters because they don't have Von Miller. And I, I think that, you know, the Bills have the philosophy. They made some mistakes here and there, but every team makes mistakes. It was really just that they weren't as good at executing it as those other teams were the prior couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Do we do we do we now just go in on the Texans and Chiefs now? Is that the next logical segue here after we have sufficiently sort of doubted the Bills? Is that what I feel? That's where the conversation goes, Alabaster. But what are we missing if not that? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's perfect. And I think we can now segue to the other tier A teams in the NFL, which mm-hmm. are the Chiefs and the Eagles, and they're teams that struggled against subpar opponents this, this week. And I actually do wonder, does that concern you at all? Yeah, so Bill, we, we, we know that your concern with the, with the Bills is mm-hmm. the defense. Uh, we know that we respect the Texans for taking the Chiefs to the limit mm-hmm. today. Um, so, yeah, I guess this is my this is the thing that I always struggle with as someone who is not watching these games, grinding this tape as as granularly as you is like, I am generally happy to to be like, look, they won, they pulled it out, they survived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you look under the hood and you see what with these two teams that we think are legitimate contenders. I was more concerned about the Eagles based on how they played today than the Chiefs. But I'll, I'll start with the Chiefs side of things. I'm not too concerned, although some of the issues are the same as the ones we saw in Buffalo. So the Texans are playing the devastatingly effective two-headed hydra of Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. It's working They're, somehow. So we should say that, right? Like we, we've talked about how oh, Kyle Shanahan's trying to do two quarterback system. It's never going to work. The Texans are are doing the closest thing to it on purpose? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, this feels like senioritis, sort of, where, like, Levy Smith does not have many hopes of coming back next year. Uh, Davis Mills <laughs> knows that, that they're drafting a quarterback with the first overall pick. Everyone has nothing to lose, and they're all better off for it. Like, they're just trying stuff, man, and it's it's working. And I think it's... It's kind of fun to see, like so many bad teams go down through the end of the year trying to have a shred of dignity or a right. logic to what they do. The Texans just leaning into let's just try some weird stuff. Like, what's the worst <laughs> that could happen? Where we're entertaining, we almost beat, you know, two of the best teams in football in, in consecutive weeks. Like, oh, this is this is big third try creative writing seminar energy all over <laughs> it. It's like, look, we're just going to explore ourselves. Yes. In, in a different way than maybe we were exploring ourselves talking about the, the World Cup match earlier. But yes, absolutely. Indeed. We're just exploring. And Mike Vrabel. We're exploring the space as a member of the Houston Texans. But what the Chiefs did in this game is they didn't pressure those two quarterbacks, Pablo. They had one sack of Davis Mills and Jeff Skriskel in this game. And it's the same recipe that I'm concerned with with the Bills. Now, I know if you're a Bills fan, you're probably upset saying, why am I concerned about the Bills defense and not the Chiefs defense? Yep. Well, there's a difference here. The Chiefs defense is bad when they don't get pressure. Dead last in the NFL and QBR. And that is a legit concern. But the Chiefs are not as banked up up front. They're not missing a Von Miller in the way that the Bills are. And I do think the Chiefs passing offense is still clicking at a high enough level that they can win shootouts with anybody, including in this game, the Houston Texans. The Bills offense is not clicking in that same way, especially with their passing attack. Josh Allen has been, again, breaking the Josh Allen in case of emergency glass, and he's been running for, you know, 10 carries or more, I think, three times in the last four weeks. When he did that three times all a year in 2020, and I appreciate that he can pull that off, and that is a a thing that the Chiefs don't have, and really very few teams outside of the Eagles have with their starting quarterback, but it's getting to January. Josh Allen is already not 100%, already dealing with an injury. Like, that is a concern for me about Josh Allen staying 100% healthy heading through the postseason in a way that I'm not concerned about Patrick Mahomes and his ability to work that offense. So, same problem, but I think the Chiefs can deal with it better than the Bills can. But okay, so we're talking now about uh, really talented quarterbacks who get hurt by yes. running around. And yes. so the Justin Fields side of the equation feels like the place that we should turn to next. Yes. And the Jalen Hurts side of the equation, for that matter, for a, a similar sort of like general concern with like what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that the Eagles against the Bears, they beat the Bears 25 to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the Peter man, by the way. We buried the lead here, Bill. We got, we got one pass We attempt. buried the lead. One in, glorious incompletion. In... <laughs> In 2022, we got a pass <laughs> he's from back. the Peterman. He is risen. It, Nathan it Peterman was risen, and now he's no longer, but he was. It took him a couple record. weeks. We, we, you know, I, I think he got he started to prepare before that game a couple weeks ago where he was supposed to come in and did not. And I think he was just warmed up and ready to go by the time the Bears, Bears needed him on Sunday. And so the Eagles, right? Like, as much... 
it's weird in which okay um like i i just did the thing where it's like i respect jalen hurts now i sure. did it everyone i get it mvp <laughs> front runner for all of the win loss reasons uh, you know mm -hmm. I, the case I, I found truly despite all of the analytic arguments in favor of and by analytic i mean statistical and by statistical i mean just like look at the touchdowns um <laughs> Throw by Patrick Mahomes. For all Thank that, you. I was like, Jalen Hurts, I get it. I do get it. And here he is throwing two picks against the freaking Bears. He had mm -hmm. three on the whole season heading into the game. So what about this feels like a sustainable problem and therefore makes the Eagles' rate of success unsustainable? I don't think you can count on anybody to throw three interceptions in 13 games and have that be part of their formula moving forward. Like, that's mm. just... Aaron Rodgers maybe can pull that off. Maybe Tom Brady. Like, Jalen Hurts has improved dramatically year on year. We talked about it on ESPN Daily, the popular podcast yes. with Pablo Torre, about how Jalen Hurts has made incredible hmm. strides for being, like, one of the least accurate passers in NFL history as a rookie to now being a way above average passer just in terms of his accuracy, let alone all the other improvements he's made as a passer. Yes. But this was always going to happen. Like, there was always going to be a game where Jalen Hurts threw kind of two kind of ugly interceptions. Miles Sanders fumbles away a football. It was going to happen one week or another. The Eagles – happens to every team. Happens to the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Happens to every single team here or there. The question was, how did the Eagles adapt to it? What, what happens if you have a game where the Eagles turn the ball over three times and they're not effective running the football? They average fewer than four yards per carry against one of the league's worst run defenses here in the Chicago Bears. And yep. I think Jalen Hurts came through that challenge with flying colors. They needed to throw the ball to win this game. And granted, it was not the best pass defense in football, but in a game where Jalen Hurts had no choice but to throw to win, he did just that. He hit A.J. Brown for long completion after long completion. He and Devontae Smith had, a had more than 300 combined yards in this game between the two of them, even though the Bears knew where the ball was going, even though they had the run game shut down, even when it came on third and long, Jalen Hurts still made those throws. And I think that answered a question for me that I had in the back of my head about Jalen Hurts of, okay, what happens when they need to throw to win the game? We saw Jalen Hurts can still win you the football game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're talking now about how the Eagles were impressive. It just feels, Bill, like the bottom line here thing with the Eagles for you is that it's just hard to be that good, as good <laughs> as they were. But they're, they're, still, they're still excellent. Is that, is that the general summation that seems fair of, of your take on what they are now? Of course. I mean, there's no reason to think that the Eagles are a flash in the pan or a fraud or that there's something underpinning their talents that is totally unsustainable. It's just you're going to have games like this. And they're probably going to have another game like this between now and the Super Bowl. The question is just, can Jalen Hurts do that against a much better defense than probably the Chicago Bears, who he's not going to see again in the postseason? N uh, numerous times in this show, Alabaster, Bill has basically given me the Kevin Garnett anything is possible, except in the more boring ways. <laughs> Just sort of like we lost anything is possible we won by five any it's just like yeah i guess that's fair how, Kevin Garnett how is long, wiser than he realized how long before the finals win do you think kevin garnett thought about doing the anything is possible bit and how many times do you think he almost did it after a game and had to like pull it back and say it's not time now i have to wait i have to wait on the Geno Smith scale of quotes that he definitely stole from Drake and had locked and loaded for the post-game interview, uh, he's probably like a six. Yeah, yeah not quite as as engineered, but yeah, he knew what he was doing. Smart man. There are many conspiracy theories that think he was supposed to be saying impossible is nothing. The Adidas slogan, who he was sponsored by, and he <laughs> oh, was just right. too hyped oh. and he forgot. Um, <laughs> just what you I, know what? I personally subscribe to that one. You know what? That that was such a good moment that Adidas should have changed their slogan. Like, yeah. if you hit it that hard, Adidas needs to change for you, not the I other way it. around. I love the idea of someone like looking at the camera and winking and being like, "Simply complete that." <laughs> oh, so good! I, All right, guys, I've ju I've just done it. <laughs> um, I got one more question for you guys. Did the Patriots suffer the dumbest loss you've ever seen? <laughs> 
I don't have a good like counter argument to that one being the winner. Um, but we should explain what happened, right? Because this is a tie game. And yep. it's the sort of thing where like, okay, it, it feels, Bill, like it started off like a play that was designed, maybe. And no, then how quickly in your estimation did it immediately go into like Leroy Jenkins mode? <laughs> I, I think once the first lateral happened, because I think when Ramondre Steven lateral 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 to Jacoby Myers, uh, that's when my tongue started to go numb and I started to lose <laughs> the ability to form words. I, I, I think to start all of this conversation we're going to have about this play, Pablo, I want to hit the key point you mentioned, which is that the game was tied. Yes, they're playing There's, the Raiders, by the way. It's 24 to 24. Yeah. It's 24 24. They've just given up a touchdown that kind of seemed like it wasn't a touchdown and it kind of got just unconfirmed anyway. But that's another conversation that we've lost to the ether after what happened on the final play. There are three seconds left. The ball is on the Patriots' 45 yard line. Now, Pablo, this is a situation where most NFL teams would throw a Hail Mary. Do you know why the Patriots did not throw a Hail Mary in this situation? I'm guessing it's because their quarterback happens to be Mac Jones. Bill Belichick said, and Bill Belichick, who will not admit to anything, said, yeah, our quarterback can't throw the ball that far. <laughs> How is, dare you insult a man who was 13 of 31 for 112 yards? Against the league's worst pass defense by DVOA, Pablo. That is where Mac Jones was at. He was throwing a temper tantrum after every single play it's incredible mac jones is the spoiled brat of the nfl in a way that even zach wilson is not he, it is wow. incredible to see what has happened this year so okay can't throw a hail mary it's tied you got three seconds left the smart thing to do here is kneel if you can't throw a hail mary you have the risk reward of handing the ball off and maybe Ramondre stevenson runs through the entire team maybe you get a penalty and get a field goal opportunity or mm. All the other stuff that can happen if you hand the ball off and something terrible happens. And I don't need to tell you what could possibly happen because we just saw it happen with our own two eyes. And Pablo, I, I, I want to give players the benefit of the doubt. It's hard to be an NFL player. You make decisions in the blink of an eye. You have to do that every single play of the game. But the argument that Jacoby Myers was gaslit into thinking that the Patriots needed to score a touchdown to win this game, like, that makes no sense to me. Like, yes, there was a timeout before this play, I believe. They should have known, hey, we don't need to score. We just need to not give up a touchdown to the opposing team. We we just need to not throw the ball directly to Chandler Jones to to former Patriot Chandler Jones who then just like runs straight into the end zone to win the game oh no 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 that's not true Pablo oh oh, correct the record what 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 I get wrong there was a Mac Jones sized roadblock that Chandler Jones sorry apologies (laughs) I I, I'd like to uh revise my comment to acknowledge that Chandler Jones did shove Mac Jones into the mantle of the earth. Now, you know um, I love I love the dots, Pablo. You know I, I put the dots on Twitter. This was an all-time dots play because Mac Jones, like the ball goes to Chandler Jones, and Chandler Jones runs by Mac Jones, and then everybody runs past Mac Jones, and his dot just stays totally still <laughs> as the world passes him by. It's incredible. It's art. It did more than the dumbest, clearly the dumbest loss we've ever seen. It feels like a loss that the AI bot chat GPT would have given you play by play. If you had asked it, please generate the dumbest loss we have ever seen. It would have given us exactly what happened. Or please generate the single event in the universe that would make Bill Belichick as angry (laughs) as humanly possible. Like, like generate the Bill Belichick nightmare. (laughs) <laughs> this is exactly the play that would have happened. Pablo, I need to remind you, as Roger Sherman pointed out on Twitter, there have been two plays in the history of the National Football League where teams ran a, as Scott and Pell would call it, a pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo play mm-hmm. and lateraled and scored a touchdown on the final play of the game in regulation to win. 
and the Patriots lost both those games. They lost the oh, Dolphins man. game a few years oh, ago where right. they ran the laterals play past Rob Gronkowski for a touchdown, yes. and they lose this play on offense on the other side of the field. Bill Belichick, who wakes up in the middle of the night in a sweat because he hasn't practiced for some kind of field goal protection concern, has now lost two games on the final play to and from laterals in a situation that I know he has practiced and thought about over and over and over again. Incredible. I I love this so much. I hate that we can't show the video, but I love that we can basically um yeah, we can we can stories stories like this should be passed down in the oral yes. tradition actually. Yes, exactly. Around a campfire, we should have to force people to keep this tradition alive. <laughs> the time that Bill Belichick went insane because I mean, who do we blame the most actually? I mean Mac Jones is the obvious you know, he is the literal skid mark in this sort of scenario. <laughs> I don't blame him at all. He's 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 the person I blame the least. Like he is the <laughs> he happened to, he was incredibly in so many ways in the wrong place at the wrong time. I blame Matt Patricia the most, mm. the, the the Patriots offensive coordinator, because I don't think Bill Belichick called this play. I don't think he would have called this play many times in the past. Matt Patricia. My priors, Matt Patricia, I'm not going to lie, are not super smart. Like, I think I have enough evidence there that if you think that Matt Patricia <laughs> does some things that are kind of questionable here and there, like sending this play out, the the possibilities that were bad so heavily outweighed the possibilities that were good. And the Patriots, I think, in my heart of hearts, Bill Belichick knows that and would have decided accordingly to kneel and move on. And then I think after that, I go Jacoby Myers because I want to give you the exact quote from Jacoby Myers in his post-game press conference. He was in a panic, had the ball, and said, quote-unquote, I thought I saw Mac Jones open. Now, Pablo, <laughs> Pablo, let's lay out the best-case scenario for what could have happened when Jacoby Myers saw Mac Jones open. Yeah, Mac Jones yeah. is standing exactly where he handed the ball off six seconds earlier, 20 yards behind the play. So let's say Jacoby Myers hits Mac Jones with a perfect throw. All Mac Jones has to do on this play is with no blockers, <laughs> run through the entire <laughs> Raiders defense from 55 yards out for a game-winning touchdown. Pablo, this is the worst decision an NFL player has made in decades and we just saw nathan peterman play that is we where did. we're at i i like how i like how uh jacoby myers just went sam darnold he was like i'm seeing ghosts out there i'm he seeing homes yeah. he, <laughs> he said he said tyreek's down there somewhere but he said it about matt jones <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> I like I like at the end here, Alabaster. I do like for the Matt Patricia side of the ledger. I do like that we have now established definitively this week in news that whether you are Elon Musk or Matt Patricia, sometimes a rocket scientist <laughs> just needs more help than he realizes. Matt Patricia needs a second pencil behind his ear. And the second pencil should say, don't run a laterals play with three <laughs> seconds to go in a tie game. Matt Patricia needs to create, he needs to take a ballpoint pen and give himself those memento tattoos <laughs> that read that in the mirror backwards. Do not run the lateral play. Pablo, the Raiders had lost four games. They had led by double digits at halftime and were about to lose a fifth. And this is what took them into the winning ledger. I think they're going to make the postseason now because their curse has been <laughs> lifted and now the Patriots have that curse. Follow Debatable on Mastodon. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I have no idea how that works still.